The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of the Belmont Media Center or the Town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Welcome to the Hopeless Fancast, the podcast that loves fans as much as fans love pop culture. I'm your host, Eileen Maxson. Before you listen to our show, be pre-warned. There will be spoilers. For today's episode, we are talking with Dave from Cambridge about the show I, Zombie. How are you doing, Dave? I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. We're very glad to have you. Thanks for coming. So I, Zombie, awesome show. Yep. What do you love about it? Oh, man, what don't I love about iZombie? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's humor. It's writing. It is this perfect mix of comedy and drama. The characters, the world it builds. I'm, I'm very into world building. And I find, especially this season, where it's really been interested in building a new world. Right. Where the, the first four seasons, it was still much more of the masquerade, mm -hmm. uh, which is typical of contemporary fantasy, urban fantasy in general. It's a little unusual for zombie, uh, the zombie genre, of course, because a lot of the zombie genre is either apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic. Uh, and so the fact that, oh, this is a zombie masquerade, as it were, that's a little different. It is, yeah, yeah. Like, usually zombies are, there's no question whatsoever that they're zombies. Yeah. Like, they're mindless and violent, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, our zombies yeah. are different. Much different. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where I... I'm not sure if I really call the the characters there uh, with, of course, you know, the poor folks who have been brainless for uh, a month or so uh, in full Romero mode, as it were, to even call them zombies. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, a good question. It's like, what exactly defines them as zombies? Right. I personally am more comfortable calling them revenants, mm. which actually isn't entirely made up by me. Uh, I think I might have come to the same conclusion anyway, uh, uh -huh. but that's actually from the comic books. Oh, cool. I don't know if you've read the comics at all. I have not. I uh, really need to. I have. It's been many years, so I forget a lot of the details. Uh, not that it pertains to this discussion <laughs> that much, uh -huh. because there is absolutely nothing in common between the comics and the show. Really? I, I, I will tell you the only things that they have in common. Uh-huh. It stars a 20-something woman who ha has become zombified, more or less, in the Pacific Northwest. And that's it? That's it. So so the main character isn't Liv? No, nope. it's a completely different name. I, I believe her name's Gwen uh -huh. in, in, in the comics. Wow. Yeah. She, uh, she gets her brains because she's an undertaker. Uh-huh. And so uh, she works uh, at the local cemetery in Eugene, Oregon, for some reason. Right. So, like, not, so not, not even, even Seattle. Seattle. <laughs> Her best friends are a ghost who also is in the cemetery uh -huh. and uh, a were-terrier. A were-terrier. Yes. 
So, so a person who turns into a terrier when the moon is full, yeah, or yeah, more like a terrier man hybrid. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's very quirky. I liked it for, yeah. for what it was. Yeah. I was a little surprised where it went because it started out as, to me, a very small story about like these three really good friends who. Uh, live these weird paranormal lives uh-huh and then it became apocalyptic and it's like oh <laughs> oh i didn't realize we switched genres right right oh my gosh that's different yeah um i mean that was fine <laughs> it just wasn't the story i was expecting right right <laughs> because it started out like just it, uh, what was that uh, show? It's both oh, British yeah. and Canadian. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking uh, about be, that. Being human. Yeah, it, yeah. It had more of a being human feel, actually. Right, uh, right. It had more in common with that show than it probably did with iZombie, ironically enough. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of that because that has, like, you know, the vampire and the ghost. Right. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and vampires are also exist in, in this world. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of supernatural stuff going on. But, you know, despite all the hallmarks of right. the show like opening scenes in uh-huh. this color palette of a comic book it has nothing to do <laughs> with the source material that is amazing <laughs> that is really amazing i i mean i i definitely want to you know read these comics because yeah. i i i need to see the wear terrier it's just wow yeah no, um, I, <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend it it's it's pr- pretty quick read through uh because i think they're only like four tr- trade paperback volumes gotcha uh, so you read it in an afternoon easily. Sure, sure. But. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I had read that um, Rob Thomas, the guy who does the show, yeah. as, you know, separate from Rob Thomas, the musician, which, mm-hmm. you know, when they got Rob Thomas to come in, I think it was the end of season right. two. That was hilarious. It's like, you know, when I when I first heard about the show, I'm like, Rob Thomas, you mean the guy who was in Matchbox 20 is now doing a zombie show? It's like, how does this work? No, totally different Rob yeah, Thomas. Yeah, no, this is yeah. Veronica Mars, Rob Thomas. Right, right, yeah. Uh, and oh well, Veronica Mars's fingerprints are all over the show. I have not seen Veronica Mars. Oh my I god! Know. Oh, it's so good. I definitely so need good. to rectify that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, especially if you're a fan of Kristen Bell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Goodness. Well, I only recently became a fan of Kristen Bell because okay. of you know of the good, the good place, place. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I that's that's definitely one I'm gonna need to. That's a hole I need to fill. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah the, the 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 last season starts to go off the rails a little bit, and I have to admit I haven't seen the movie. But was it Joss Whedon called it like the he wished he created that show? Ah, uh, and, <laughs> that and is ju- high praise. Yeah, yeah. And, and Joss Whedon actually uh, has a cameo, I think, in one of the uh, the second season episodes. Cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a, a great show. Spunky girl detective in high school solving problems. Problems and oh man, she has so many problems. <laughs> oh, oh, it it is right. It is right. rough. And uh, then you realize over the course of time in the, this entire community, everyone's problems are even worse than hers. <laughs> Yeah, and and she's like she's a spy or a detective, she, something she, like she, that. Her father was the sheriff, ah. uh, and was 
was cast out of office before the show began. So you get some uh, flashbacks. Gotcha. Uh, but she has been trained by her father to essentially be a detective. And he goes into private detective work. And she becomes a private detective for, you know, her school. Um, and her classmates, but you know, it's not like, oh, my notebook is missing. It's like, <laughs> I don't know who my real parents are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I definitely need to see this show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hi- highly recommended. And, and yeah, you see its fingerprints all over iZombie with a spunky girl detective yep. doing, um, ha- coming from a place of darkness, certainly. Right. right. Uh, with, you know, the weight of the world on her shoulders and not quite as epic as iZombie gets, but it's, the, the DNA is definitely all over it uh, with, you know, the case of the week. Uh, right, right. And so forth, yeah. Well, supposedly Rob Thomas was like he had put together a zombie show that mm. he was kind of working on and about to shop, and then The Walking Dead came out, oh, and okay. he was like, "Well, that's it for that." You know, that was basically my show. So <laughs> <laughs> I've psh, I've got the show I, I can't do anything with. Um, so he was actually approached by I forget which which company does iZombie, but he was yeah. approached by them. And, you know, asking him if he wanted to adapt this comic book into a show. Yeah, it's really interesting knowing that he just took the zombie part of it and then just threw everything else out. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be interesting to see a more faithful adaptation of the original comic book. But Rob Thomas knows how television works. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure it would work on television. Yeah. And Rob Thomas knows that police procedurals work. Right. And at its heart, though I feel they're moving away from it to its betterment. Right. iZombie is a police procedural. Yeah. I tend to dislike police procedurals, to be honest. I find them lazy. They can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is a mark of how good this show is that I like it despite the fact that it is a police procedural. Right. Though I wonder in my mind, (laughs) would it be even better if it just abandoned that premise entirely? Right, right. Well, and, and, you know, it is very much evolving. It's definitely moved away from the case of the week. Yeah. Uh, focusing a lot more on on you know more wide ranging problems. Yeah. Uh, so you know it starts from her being a secret zombie and zombies being a secret, and now like everybody knows that zombies exist, and it's got wide ranging implications, and they're worried about being nuked by the government. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And, and the more they devote to the arc and the B and C storylines, uh-huh. and the less they devote to the murder of the week. The happier I am yeah, as, as yeah. a viewer. It's still like, but, but even this season, you kind of saw it at like, uh, okay, it, it's the murder is almost no longer a, a reason for them to, to solve. Like the murders, uh, I think at least in one episode this past season, was solved in like the first minute. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> no, okay, this is just an excuse for Liv to get onto another brain and exhibit another personality and demonstrate Rose McIver's fine acting yes. capabilities. Yes, <laughs> which, which in my mind is the best part of this show. Yeah. She is astounding and and the other characters too or the the other actors like the the actor who plays ravi 
Yes. Um, two or three episodes from the finale of the fourth season. Mm-hmm. He's on a brain because he like periodically becomes a zombie. Right, right. His time um, of the month. Right, yeah. right. Um, he's on a brain where he's what the the, the junkie? You mean? No, or? it wasn't the oh, junkie. No, oh, it was the the, um, the woman who was like really. Oh right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the <laughs> right descriptors for this brain, but like you know, really like. Oh my God! I can't believe you said that. Yeah, you know, a sort bit of thing. Valley girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and it just you know he he went N- narcissistic. all for it. Yeah, yeah. 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 He went all for yeah. it. Like the accent was completely different. <laughs> you know, like you know they play around with accents and whatnot, but usually Ravi has his British accent the yeah. whole time. He completely abandoned it for this role. And it was amazing. Like, I, I kept on having to remind myself that it was Ravi. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but that's that's one of the really great parts of the show because we have these awesome actors who are yeah. able to make this work. Yeah, and a lot of alumni from Veronica Mars, actually. Oh, cool. Uh, the biggest one uh, is uh, Chase Graves, uh, who is Logan Eccles on Veronica Mars, uh, who is a, a series regular. Cool. But there are guest appearances from, from other actors. So well, Rob yeah. Thomas knows the... the actors he likes <laughs> yeah yeah i seem to remember kristen bell making a, an appearance at some point uh, maybe did, did she? I, I i don't remember but it's been a while oh, I think, so no i think it was that Liv mentioned kristen bell <laughs> and was like you know i always felt that i had an affinity you know yeah i felt that she knew me sort of thing yeah the, yeah the, yeah, the, the yeah. show winking at itself yeah uh, i mean <laughs> What was the the one episode this past season where Isabel is watching all of Zombie High? Yes, and yes. they're talking about all the different tropes found in Zombie High, and it is then immediately demonstrated by the show itself. <laughs> yes, yeah, where, yeah, you know where they're, they're they're talking about is like, oh, you can't have a an action sequence and just you know <laughs> like not even show the action sequence and just have it being described by a character later on. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's just like the, the cheapest <laughs> cop out. And yep. then, of course, you have Clive yeah. explaining like how awesome he was, and, <laughs> and we don't see any of it at all. Right, right. Yeah, so, like, yeah. the show is very self aware. It is. Uh, the fact that makes it, it knows its heritage, it makes all these references to other zombie shows in like both real and fictional as it turns right, out. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like these are genre savvy people yes. who uh, who are very self-aware and kind of understand the ridiculousness right, <laughs> that, right. They, that they're in. And it's like, ah, well, Bowser just roll with it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's true. One of the things that's really great about this show, too, is its relationships. Yeah. Um, so, you know, live with her relationship with her best friend, mm-hmm. with, you know, her ex-fiance. They're really well drawn out views of, of these relationships that she has with friendship and with love and whatnot. Um, so that's definitely part of it that I, I really like. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite relationship in the show? I actually really enjoy Liv's relationship with Blaine of all yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a very complicated relationship. They do, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, clearly don't like each other. Right. But, like, underneath it all, I think they kind of almost respect each other. It's true, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the fact that it's Blaine that is responsible for Liv being zombified in the first place. Right. Uh, I mean, to, to use, you know, vampire lore, like, that may explain her sire in a way. Right, right, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it's very, very complicated and and interesting. Yeah. Clear foils for each other, Liv being this very idealistic, even romantic character, Mm -hmm. Uh, and Blaine being the epitome of amorality. Yeah, very cynical, does, you know, whatever it is he needs to do in order to survive and then in order to make a buck. And and Blaine's quite smart. Like, he has this insight into the darker aspects of human nature that no one else really really quite grokks. And, And that allows him to even predict people's behavior at times right and of course there is always his you know latest get rich quick scheme or even get rich uh, a little bit more slowly scheme right. with his <laughs> let's buy up real estate right uh, right <laughs> <laughs> it's true that was that was definitely you know and and really kind of his schemes have grown along with the show yeah you know initially it was just i'm gonna turn people into zombies and i'm gonna feed them brains and then you know the, he bought a nightclub or actually, someone else bought the nightclub, and he wound up, like, you know, right. taking it over. But there's the nightclub, and then now it's, you know, it's real estate because, you know, the zombie issue has become nationwide. So he's he's definitely an interesting kind of reflection of the show as a whole. Mm. Um, you know, you have Liv, who is very virtuous, and then you have him, who's kind of, you know, the cynical part. And mm. both of them kind of reflect the way that the zombie issue is affecting people and affecting affecting the world yeah what well, i i liked at the beginning of the uh, season four and and not so much at towards the middle i guess mm-hmm. and the end they were setting up all the characters to be antagonistic towards each other for sure yeah but they each had decent reasons yes uh for their actions Sometimes it was pure selfishness in the case of Blaine, but Chase Graves, who's a rather complicated character himself, who was trying to, like, have this new society function, and he has to make these really hard choices, uh, like... That's a very stressful position to be in, and like, what is the right choice? It it became a little more caricatured. Like, like, oh, okay, I guess we really should be rooting against Chase Graves at the end. Right, right. Um, which kind of made me sad because I I want I I enjoyed that more gray moral ground as opposed to like, all right, well. Obviously, we're all rooting for Liv. Right, but, right. But, well, all right, these other characters have a point, too. Hmm? Yeah, like, you know, uh, Liv and, and Major wound up really clashing in the fourth season. Yeah. Although, really, they, they kind of wind up clashing every season, you yes. know, on and off. But, yeah, but it was very much that, you know, he was part of this authoritarian group that was trying to control everything in Seattle, and she was, you know, part of the underground as renegade. But I, I agree with Chase yeah. Graves um, that I I really liked him as a character and was really sad when he wound up, you know, being killed at the end. Yeah, and, and you really got to see his internal conflict yeah. when the first renegade was up for execution. He did not want to execute her. Yeah. It was, you know, the hardliners within his own organization that's like, you know, you, you have to do this, and yeah. him eventually succumbing and wrestling with that moral question. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, okay, th- he's not, you know, just a bad guy. I like, I to me, like, I feel Chase Graves was an interesting character who uh, was just overwhelmed by the incredible stress of the position he was in. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it, it kind of broke him. I mean, they gave him that kind of violent streak yeah. where when people, you know, when one of his people did something wrong, he would, you know, shoot them. Yeah. Obviously, they're zombies. And so shooting them didn't actually kill them, but yes. he would shoot them for the, you know, for the pain aspect of things. So you kind of had that darkness about him that they kind of brought to the forefront. Mm-hmm. To kind of justify when Liv, you know, guillotines him. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a difficult thing to kind of wrap your head around that this is somebody who I think really was honestly, you know, trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, had a lot of points as to his beliefs and whatnot. And that, you know, yeah, if you keep on creating zombies, then they're not going to be able to feed them all. I mean, that's, you know, that is a total legitimate, you know, point. Which makes me wonder how much of a vision Fillmore Graves had at the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh, it was like, okay, wh- where are they going with this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Like, I... Though I, I think they were very much improvising a plan and have always been improvising a plan. Right. Um, they kind of like the idea of being zombies. Being a zombie gives certain amount of physiological benefits, to yep. be sure. And they don't want to be annihilated like in every other f- story that features zombies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there are very few stories featuring zombies where the zombies and humans actually get along. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, zombies and, and humans are, are very much, have always been at odds uh, yep. for good reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, once again, we go back to the question of what exactly is a zombie right right because zombies are usually like okay they're they were dead they returned from the dead here it's much more like a disease right yeah i was uh actually playing a larp uh about a month ago called the pack is uh an educational larp meant for teenagers but i was at at the the living games conference where Mm. a bunch of very experienced larpers were playing this game but the the backstory was uh, a virus got out infected the world with zombies, big human zombie war. Human scientists found a cure, kind of. Uh-huh. But so the sapience of the zombies returned, but their other abilities kind of remained intact. Mm-hmm. But now the world is devastated. And so as a po- post-apocalyptic game, right. where the remaining humans lived in an enclave, oh, kind of like Seattle, uh, <laughs> or New Seattle. And so the the heart of the game, the gameplay, mm-hmm. was interviewing zombies for immigration status. Huh. And for one thing, zombies did not like being called zombies. They preferred to be called the infected. Thank All you right. very much. <laughs> And yeah, it was uh, Jason Morningstar, who is famous for designing the tabletop uh, game Fiasco, amongst uh, other things. He played every single zombie (laughs) in as uh, uh, different zombies had had different powers of articulation, which I'm sure was fun for him to play. But that model of of a disease is very much more what iZombie is going for. Right, right. Of uh, this is not magic. This is not not quite a virus, but like a contagion of some sort. 
Yeah. Like you, there, we can make vaccines. We can make cures. It is uh, transmitted through scratching. Right. Is that, like this has all the disease elements. Right, right. It's not anything supernatural yeah. per se, which is one interesting departure from the comic book, it sounds like, that the world of the comic book seems to have supernatural creatures. Very much, yes. Definitely not this. We yeah. don't see ghosts or vampires or, you know, right. werewolves. It is all just we're, we're zombies. Yeah. Right, were-terriers. <laughs> I, I have to see that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it's just all zombies. And yeah. you're right, it is very much, you know, it's a medical thing. It's a physiological thing. Mm-hmm. So 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 yeah, may, maybe in the politically correct New Seattle, they will be called the infected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, instead, but but you know, it's interesting because once again, even within the zombie community, you have this divide. Yeah. Uh, where I remember this great line uh, that that live when she's like, "Oh, what you don't spray and tan?" It's like, "What and be a self-hating zombie?" Right. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, there are people who are you know, who are really happy to be zombies. Yeah, especially Brother Love's contingent. Yes. They're all about zombie supremacy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the zombies shall inherit the earth. Yep. And and so it's it's interesting. Zombies are very much not monolithic, which in most fiction, they are. Yeah. The zombies are the ravenous horde, which are completely indistinguishable from the other. Right. All of these zombies have very different personalities. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really interesting point that a lot of times that's kind of the metaphorical point about zombies, that zombies are the horde that is just, you know, they're scary in that they are many. That an individual zombie, not quite so scary. It's when they're, you know, so many of them that they're actually like climbing over each other to climb up the wall that they start being, you know, terrifying. Whereas, you know, again, what does a zombie mean in this context? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is why I'm, I've never really been comfortable. I mean, I call Liv and the other zombies because they call themselves zombies. Right. But to me, the crucial part of the zombie is they are mindless. Right. Uh, yeah. And the fact that the uh, zombies of, of iZombie are sapiens, unless if they've gone without brains for too long, makes them something different to me. It's like it's pre-zombieism, you know? Yeah. And I, 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 that's, that's why I prefer the term revenant. But, right. But once again, like, we see this all the time in fiction where every vampire story is like, our vampires are different. Right. You know? Uh, like, <laughs> sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. I mean, it's, yeah. it's uh, an easy way for the creators uh, and writers to differentiate themselves from the fiction that's come before. Right. Like, this helps us stand out. Which, okay, all right, I... I get it. Yeah. Uh, that said, it makes it very difficult to throw around a blanket term like zombie and have everyone be on the same page. Which I think is, I mean, you know, it's helpful because zombies are really just done to death in the, the you know, supernatural slash, you yeah. know, well, sci-fi genre. Well, have, have, yeah. we, have we reached peak zombie yet? I, I feel like we've, uh, we've reached peak, I don't know. peak vampire a few years back. That's true. So. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm on a lot of fantasy sci-fi writers groups and whatnot on like Facebook and there's a lot of question of if I were to write a book about zombies would anybody buy it or write a a story about zombies would any you know would any magazines run it and it's like 
you know, I think of, do I really want to read another zombie story? Yeah. And uh, sometimes, yes, but, you know, often no, because it is very much, you know, it's been done and done and done and done. So the fact that I zombies, zombies are very different zombies, I yeah. think is definitely to its uh, to its benefit. Oh, so. I, I absolutely agree. I was at PAX East back in April and I attended a talk on zombies in video games mm. and so it was a couple academics one was a anthropologist i think another was either philosopher or psychologist i forget which mm-hmm. and they did a survey of where zombies appear in video games uh-huh. and they had the numbers and broke it all down so like unsurprisingly the genre of game where zombies are least likely to appear in are sports games <laughs> we need zombie sports games yeah and yeah, they they feature most heavily, of course, in post-apocalyptic games. Right, uh, like like a lot of this is confirming things we already kind of knew, but right. but having the numbers to back it up was was really quite interesting. And but they also uh, examined like the nature of the zombies. Mm-hmm. Only one ultimate villain in all the games they surveyed was a zombie, which is interesting. But once right, again, right. it goes back to the idea of like zombies are the horde, right. not the singular. Right. They're basically the skeletons. Yeah. You know, in, in gaming. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 the crunchies to be mowed down. Exactly. Um yeah, and and so I zombie taking pants to differentiate itself with all right, no, if these are uh, zombies who are in charge of their actions, they are not just given over to the base desires like hunger and so forth. This makes them morally culpable right. beings. Right. And thus, very interesting characters. Yes. And and that's why iZombies succeeds. Right, right. Where... Yeah, otherwise you really can't have, you know, a zombie protagonist. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's been done before in, but in kind of limited context. I'm thinking of like Warm Bodies, yes, which uh, is such a fantastic movie. <laughs> yeah, I I I haven't seen it. But I, have, I have a funny funny story there where I was at ReaderCon once, and the guest of honor was oh I'm forgetting his name now, but he was an editor of horror, mm-hmm. uh, has been for several decades. And so he was talking about, you know, how monsters evolve over time and become more interesting characters. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he said, well, at least I know that we'll never have a zombie love story. And someone in the <laughs> audience pointed out warm bodies. And, uh-huh. and he just shook his head. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what what has our our industry come to? Right, right. <laughs> I remember being at a con where we were talking about, uh, we were actually talking about sci-fi fantasy erotica. Yeah. And of course the zombie thing came up and everybody's like, no, 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 no zombie erotica. We can't do that. And yet I kind of have a crush on Liv Moore. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's like, there are a lot of really sexy zombies in the show, you know, it's like Major Lily White. Oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, knowing what zombies in this world are like. Mm-hmm. If you lived in Zombieland, Seattle, New Seattle, would you want to be a human or a zombie? God, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Neither. Like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I if I had to live in New Seattle, I'd prefer to be human. I know how to be human. Mm. I don't know how to be a zombie. I think that's going to be a bit of a, a learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, okay. They're can be some cool advantages like 
going oh, they call it so many different things uh beast out mode or yeah full on zombie, full on zombie. Yeah. yeah yeah but yeah i don't think the benefits outweigh the disadvantages there the big thing being that i will always be craving brains and there is clearly a brain shortage in Seattle. It's true. And yeah. Unless if I'm part of the top 1% and can dine in Blaine's little restaurant there, I am going to be suffering a lot. Yeah, so, that's true. So I'd definitely be, be human. Now, the interesting question, I think, mm-hmm. is, okay, what if all the, the rules are essentially the same, but... There are plenty of brains to go around. That would be that's that's a more <laughs> difficult question to answer. I think it would be really interesting to to experience different personalities, to yeah. to view the world in ways I never considered before. And yeah, I I mean, uh, sh- uh, sh- should I explain to the audience how we know each other? <laughs> sure, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> so so Eileen and I know each other through LARPing. Yeah. And this is <laughs> one of the, the things I love about role playing. I get to experience different characters. Yep. And I really enjoy that aspect of, of exploring uh, what that means, what being a different person is, uh, having different circumstances, having a different personality. How do I react to the world differently? And yeah, okay. And like now it's being done chemically or however it's being done. Right. The consumption of brains. Like, yeah, okay. Let's. What does the bravery of an astronaut feel like? Yeah. What does yeah. the genius of a computer scientist feel like? Yeah. What does it mean to like be a dancer and view the world in the motion and fascinating? Just yeah. utterly yeah. fascinating. And that, of course, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the LARPing episode. Yes. <laughs> and what I loved about the, the LARPing episode uh-huh. was... Uh, we're now seeing LARPing a little bit more in TV than we did a decade ago when I feel like I personally pioneered that tradition. <laughs> Would you mind if we mentioned no, by, exactly by, why? By, by, by all means, yeah. <laughs> so, so Dave was on a show called Beauty and the Geek, um, which was a, a reality TV show where you had basically hot model quality women and geeky guys, and they get together during the show and try to kind of understand each other's worlds. And Dave actually won Beauty and the Geek the year that he was on. And and part of his uh, his thing was LARPing. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went LARPing with, uh, with my partner in the Boston Common. Yep. That was, was awesome. Was and I know the person fun. that you were LARPing with. Yes. So. <laughs> uh, it was tremendous fun. But it was like the first time... I don't know if it's the very first time LARPing was ever shown on TV, but it was certainly one of the first times. Yeah. And it's become more and more mainstream over the years. Uh, this is also, of course, why I have a soft spot for the CW in my heart uh, since <laughs> the Geek aired on the CW. Ah, gotcha. But LARPing in iZombie was interesting because it wasn't just a portrayal of LARPing as we know it in this world. Mm-hmm. It is how would LARPing change in this science fiction scenario? Right, right. Where zombies are real. What is the logical conclusion from this? And it made perfect sense. It was 
the zombie LARPers would go off and form their own league where they can use live steel right. instead of buffer <laughs> weapons. Yes. Because live steel will not hurt them. Right. And I was like, of course, that makes perfect sense. And And I loved that aspect like this is what science fiction does best it takes you know it changes our world in a way and then how does that affect what we know about the world and takes it to its logical conclusion right and and that part of the world building i loved is is just another reason why i really like iZombie. yeah they're really good at kind of seeing all the the ramifications and the the implications of of zombieism and how it affects everything because it really would affect everything yeah so yeah yeah one of the interesting things too there were a couple of times in the show where we see zombies sharing the same brain Mm -hmm. and then having kind of you know this joint experience of what it's like to be that brain you know like uh Liv does it with her uh I don't remember the character's name but it's the guy from Fillmore Graves that she was dating for a while like their first date they get a brain and they both eat the brain I think it was the one where it was basically the uh the characters from like Jackass that one of them died and then she ate (laughs) His brain, and he ate the brain, and they were doing, you know, stupid danger stuff together. It's definitely that sort of thing of being able to share that. Mm -hmm. And Blaine, of course, makes money off of that idea by, you know, selling brains uh, from interesting people. And I can see it being very popular. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always fascinating that Liv never seems to find a murder victim who is a perfectly normal person. <laughs> they always seem to have a very exaggerated quality in some fashion. Right, But right. it wouldn't be nearly as entertaining a show. <laughs> I will allow this piece of caricature in place of, of real character. It just makes the show a lot more fun. <laughs> it's true. And like the one time when she's given a brain that supposedly is a normal person, mm-hmm. it's the woman who was hit by a bus while she was on her phone. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Liv spends the entire episode being oblivious to everything except for like posting on Instagram and stuff, <laughs> which, of course, you know, somehow fits into, you know, her in the uh, police investigation. Mm-hmm. It somehow works. But yeah. I actually, I have a theory about that, that every time they eat a brain, it's always kind of the most intense part of that person's personality. Okay. Um, So, and that like, you know, that everybody kind of has that intense part, but we've grown to have filters Mm. and to be as normal as possible. And we learn how to be normal with our own kind of craziness. But when they eat the brains they get that personal craziness without the experience of being able to do it in the, you know, wider world without coming off as crazy. That's my theory. Okay. So, right. yeah. Okay, so, so with that in mind, mm-hmm. uh, let's, let's assume your theory is true. Okay. I have a question for you personally. Right. Whose brain, if you could have any brain, living or dead? Oh, gosh. Well, it'd have to be dead. Well, well, right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm extending the future fantasy dead. here. Future, future dead. dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying you you go out and kill this person, but right. if, if, <laughs> if you could consume any brain, oh man, of a of a person, whose would you eat? Oh my gosh, that's that is a very good question. Goodness, um, that's hard. I mean, there's yeah. there's there's lots of you know. Yeah, I like, I, I, I yeah, don't know yeah. the answer for myself. That's why I'm asking you the question. Yeah, like astronaut brain would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many people out there who have had these amazing experiences. Right, right. Like, I want that experience. You know, I want to have that memory. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I could just pick one, you know. Eating George Washington's brain of, like, like, oh, so this is what Valley Forge is like. Right. Like, just have that flash. You don't don't have to experience the whole winter. You just have, you know, a flash for 20 seconds or so, you know. Yep. Yeah. I know my daughter, who is big into Hamilton, she would probably totally, you know, Alexander Hamilton's brain Mm -hmm. just to see what that's like it's I mean you know Einstein's brain Mm. would it kind of feels like a cliche but right right. you know it's pretty neat although there's that tv show genius have you seen that at all I have not no we we watched the first bit of the Einstein uh season which Mm. was the first season right yeah they're doing like Picasso next I think yeah yeah yeah. and I think that's that's been ongoing Uh, I think that's still going Mm. but um I I had to stop watching it because I just couldn't take the fact that uh, Einstein was so terrible towards women. Yes, it's it's like I I knew that, you know, like like his own wives. Like, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that, you know, and even the people that he was romantically, you know, involved with before he was married, he was terrible towards them taking advantage of them and then just leaving and and whatnot and Mm. i i had to stop watching because it's like i kind of like you know einstein Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so i i I would rather not know all the nitty-gritty of why he was a bad person it's like everybody is you know both good person and bad person you know to go back to hamilton you know the, the actors in hamilton talk a lot about how you know the guy who played george washington and having to come to to grips with the fact that george washington owned slaves right or the guy who played Aaron Burr, and it's like, hey, well, he's known for, like, the one worst thing he had ever done. Right. But he has his whole life, you know. So, yeah, I would eat Einstein's brain, maybe, and then have, like, this clarity when it comes to kind of understanding the universe. But what I also get with that, his Lothario urges towards, you know, romancing women and then leaving them. It's it's a bundled experience to get the whole enchilada. You can't it's just true. decide, like, no, I just want the, the positive aspects of this brain. You're, yeah. you're going to get the positive and the negative. So, it's true. Yeah, you might get an artist who is incredibly creative and all the insecurity that comes along with it. It's true, yeah. And, you know, I mean... Like, astronaut brain would be awesome. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into being an astronaut that I would not want to be part of. So, yeah, that's a... (laughs) A thought provoker, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And an interesting way to kind of look at that kind of situation, too. Like, I'd like to see them do something more where they assume that a brain is going to be a certain way. And then it turns out to be, you know, something different. Mm Um, which I don't think they've done quite as much with, but I think that's something that that might be interesting. Yeah, yeah, maybe that'll be uh, something I'll play around with in the fifth season. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the whole brother love. Oh yeah, uh, that was weird. That, that was. <laughs> yeah, if the Ku Klux Klan became zombies, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere between Ku Klux Klan and Jonestown right. and and Romero, just put it all together, and you get brother love and his zombies. Yeah, and the fact that. Angus was, in a way, inspired by Blaine? Yeah, yeah. That was weird. Yeah. (laughs) Not in necessarily a bad way. I mean, you know, 
it was kind of interesting, yeah. but it was also really weird. The brains coming from the sky from God and him saying, you know, I love you and I mean it. Yeah. And it's like that. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> it's kind of weird that Blaine and his father had a healthier relationship <laughs> while zombies but only because their living relationship seemed even more dysfunctional. <laughs> yes. And that's another thing that's interesting about Blaine, that he's got, you know, this depth. Yeah. You know, you wind up feeling for the guy because his father was terrible. Yeah. And, you know, he turned out the way that he did because of his dad and because he has to survive and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Not that it excuses what he does. Sure. But, but yeah. But, but, yeah. yeah, like it, that does elicit some sympathy, at least for yeah, me. Definitely. Yeah. So, like, interesting villains are the best villains. It's true. And then there's, there's his relationship with Peyton. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What What do you think that's about? I Oh, it's it's tough because, you know, it is clear even when she knows. Like, at first she doesn't know who yeah. he is and what he's done. Right, right. And then even when she finds out who he is and what he's done, there's still that chemistry between them. Like, yeah. there's just a silly amount of chemistry between the two of them. So, yeah, we don't really see, I mean, you know, we see Peyton with Ravi. You know, we're kind of, I guess, supposed to be, like, cheering for Peyton and Ravi. I'm, I, I'm, I'm rooting for them. Which, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, me too. They're a great couple. Yeah. I really like Peyton. I really like Ravi. They, they seem to go together they, well. They deserve a little bit of happiness it's in this true. life. It's absolutely true. And yet... You know, there's still kind of that little bit of something with Blaine. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is a really interesting kind of dynamic. And I don't really know exactly what it is that's attracting them to each other, you know? Yeah. I feel like despite all of Blaine's, I mean, he he even says... It's an earlier episode, but there's a major ask for like, why are you doing this? And it's like, oh, you know, megalomania, buddy, daddy issues. <laughs> right. And he's aware, he's very aware of at least what he comes off as. Right. And and it makes me wonder, it's like, okay, is this, has he been just managing our perceptions of him is is there like a core part of him that actually does long to be good and Peyton is a way to get there yeah that's a good point she is kind of his ability to to be good yeah because they get together at first when he's you know helping her take down I think take down Mr. Boss yes yeah 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 yeah. Uh, or or at the very least be better than he is Yes. Now, what does Peyton see in Blaine? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> a bad boy? I mean, you know, is that is that what she's looking for? She could be looking for a bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Ravi is clearly the superior candidate, right? Yes, definitely. Uh. <laughs> but there is that one point where Ravi, like, swears that he's going to try being a bad boy. And right. she's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're definitely not because that's that's just not who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, there's the old trope of like, oh well, maybe Peyton can can fix Blaine or something. Yeah, but yeah, I I, think, I don't see that. Yeah, no, I think she knows, and I don't think that she's trying to either per yeah. se. You know, I mean, she's there when he has lost his memories. Yeah, 
and is, you know, kind of encouraging him to be better. But I think that's different than trying to fix him, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. That, you know, once she realizes that he has his memories back, then she definitely doesn't try at that point to continue fixing him. Mm-hmm. More that she saw an opportunity and tried to shape it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting where we are at the end of season four. It almost makes me wonder if they thought they might be canceled after yeah. this season because they really did kind of, they, they tied a lot of bows. Yeah. The uh, Fillmore Graves, Major's in charge of them now, and Liv is out and recognized as renegade. Mm -hmm. Clive is married to the FBI woman. I don't remember her name. Uh, Dale. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Peyton and Ravi are together and happy. So it it feels very kind of how they they've kind of reached a nice you know warm stasis basically yeah well yeah i yeah. mean aside from the fact that the american government might decide to nuke new seattle any day now that's true um, yeah 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 i want to see where that goes yeah <laughs> There is the thing with, you know, the government inclined towards nuking New Seattle. There's also the question of Blaine's current idea that's in process is trying to turn as many people in the United States as possible into zombies. I don't see how that (laughs) can be uh, self-sustainable for very long. Yeah. I'm I'm very into world building. I, I find world building interesting. And as such... I would like to see where this goes because this is certainly a different take than I've ever seen before. Likewise, we we discussed earlier, Mm -hmm. zombies and humans tend to be at odds. And the fact that could there be peace between them? Could they be members of society? And what's interesting is no zombies born that way, of course. All zombies were human ones. Right. How is that different than than being born into the the race of zombie <laughs> Right, you know? right. I'm trying to think if they've done this sort of thing with vampires. It kind of sounds like True Blood. I I actually haven't seen True I, I, Blood. I haven't but seen or read uh, the books they were based on either. I um, read one and then like got bored with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, traditionally, uh, speaking just as a general fantasy fan, vampires are the elite where zombies are the common folk. Right. And so I think there there's like one movie I can think of where like, vampires were the dominant it was a post-apocalypse thing and and like finding human blood was actually quite crucial uh, because it was so scarce but for the most part vampires don't want to share their as they perceive it gift right uh because that would make them less special and so this is um more in lines with a discrimination of course like if a large portion of the population are zombies right h- how do we treat them do they have the same rights as other human beings are there no zombie restaurants is there is there zombie prejudice this, this is one of the things that that i got into a little bit in the larp that i was in a, a, a few weeks ago where we all played humans uh, and on the governing council and Deshi to letting zombies in we had various questions we had to decide for instance should we allow a zombie human intermarriage Hmm. in the world of iZombie we know that zombieism is 
sexually transmitted. So this will decrease the human population. Right. Like like you are giving yourself over to, I don't want to call it the cult of zombieism, but, you know. You're agreeing to become a zombie right. if you marry somebody. That, yeah. that community. Would humans think of this as a threat to their existence? Right. It's unclear, but it's kind of implied that zombies cannot reproduce in the traditional way. Yeah. But they can always reproduce by scratching someone or yeah. having sex with them. <laughs> yes. The two main ways to turn into a zombie. Yeah. Or to get your blood, zombie blood, injected when you think you're getting a vaccination. Right. Yes. Uh, who would volunteer? Obviously the sick. Because right. they're already risking life and limb just to get into New Seattle. So how would this affect healthcare in the country? Well, healthcare costs would go down. So, hmm, okay. Yeah, Maybe yeah. A, uh, an interesting side benefit there. But then at what point would it be like, you know, people who otherwise wouldn't be able to pay for health care? What point is it like, well, the government could either do a universal health care or they could kind of just surreptitiously push the poor people towards the zombies. Right. You know, it's like, oh, well, isn't that terrible? And How about you go and get scratched? Right. And, yeah. and the zombies become this de facto lower class. Right. There are all sorts of really interesting world building questions here. Yeah. I want to explore that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the show will explore all the facets. I would hope it explores some of the facets because at, at its heart, of course, it is not a show about the world. It is just a show about a core group of characters. Right. And how the world affects them and how they in turn affect the world. But yeah, I'm I really have these greater societal questions and I think they're interesting to ponder and speculate on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we do get some of it kind of peripherally, you yeah. know. Uh, we heard that um, zombies aren't allowed to adopt, for instance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's definitely at least some kind of suggestions as to what the social ramifications are of, you know, being a zombie in what is essentially a human world. and has to stay at least mostly a human world in order for zombies to even, you know, survive. Also, since the zombies aren't or at least they definitely don't want to be unless they've turned into the full-on Romeros. You know, they're not a huge threat to people. So it's not like they're going to come necessarily and, like, invade and kill and take brains. That there are smaller groups that will do that, like Brother Love and mm -hmm. his people. But for the most part, they're rational beings who want to coexist, which almost kind of takes a little bit of their power away. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, definitely Brother Love was trying to take back. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, I, I, I haven't done the math yet. It'd be interesting. I know, do, there's got to be. Do the back of the envelope <laughs> calculation of, right. like, all right, so how many brains does a zombie require in yep. order to not go full on Romero? And, of course, here's an interesting question, which mm -hmm. we haven't answered yet because I don't think the people in the world know what is the longevity of a zombie are they yeah. practically immortal unless if they have their head squashed yeah i was wondering that because they don't get sick yeah they can't be killed except if you know their brain is destroyed basically do do they die 
yeah, you you know, yeah. we don't know. And there's really no way to know until they've been around for a while. I, yeah. look, I look forward to our first zombie president. I think, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think that might be interesting. Maybe it'll be Liv. Who knows? Yeah. She, doesn't, she doesn't quite seem the uh, political type. Oh, well, I um, know. But no, I, I, I disagree. <laughs> uh, she, I mean, the fact that she stood up uh, uh, to replace Renegade. Yeah. And she was very much a political symbol. That's true. Where her execution was intended, well, it was either going to martyr her or try and demoralize her support. So she already is a political symbol. That's true. Turning that into a political career, especially with someone so politically minded like Peyton as a best yes, friend. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I, sure. Get a, a few decades, uh, have normalized human zombie relations. I could see Liv being our first zombie president. It would be really interesting because then what brains she eats becomes a, n- a matter of national security. Oh, absolutely. You know? Because. Yeah. She, you know, she wouldn't be able to eat the brains of somebody who, like, there there was at least one point where Blaine ate a brain yeah. that made him basically really talkative. Right, yes. And just telling everything. And you, you would definitely want to avoid that if you were a zombie president. Yes. So, so, yeah. So I could totally see, you know, plot points where people are trying to, like, introduce certain brains into her food <laughs> in order to, you know... Either either get her on their side or to incapacitate her in some way. Oh, you know, I, 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 I want to either read or watch this fan fiction now. Yeah. Oh, oh President Liv. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Someone, someone do this. Yes. Yes, definitely. It's like, oh, well, you know, if uh, does she really feel that way or or is it just the brain that she's on? You know, like policy changes that uh, right. depend upon the diet. Uh, but I mean, of course, this go, goes back to the, the greater issues of the show itself. Where does the brain that you're on begin and your own personality end and vice versa? It's true. It's true. That that is is often a really interesting question. Yeah. Because you have things like when she was on the brain of Ravi's former boss mm-hmm. and, you know, who, who basically would go to a bar and pick up a new guy every night. Mm-hmm. And she has a boyfriend, but she's on this brain and she winds up sleeping with Chase Graves. Yeah. And, you know, you really do think, you know, okay, well, to what degree was she able to fight that? And to what degree was she even subconsciously complicit in what was going on? Right. Yeah, I I imagine it has to be somewhat akin to being drunk. Yeah. Where you're kind of in control, but kind of not. Yeah, yeah. And and at the very least, it's a struggle. But yeah. It's, it's interesting, especially when, like, when she's on the pickup artist brain, it's like, uh, are you really interested in me? Yeah. Or, <laughs> or is this the brain? Yeah. 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 And that, that really is something that, you know, you have to wonder about a zombie in general in this yeah. world, that when they are interacting with you, is it really them? Yeah. Is it the brain? Are they going to have the same viewpoint the next day? Yeah, well, I, I mean, unless, of course, uh, everyone's in brain mush. Um, yeah, yeah, the brain mush is a good way to kind of deal with that, which, yeah. you know, makes 
perfect sense giving mm-hmm. that to the soldiers yep. and to the people in general because that's easy but definitely the soldiers because it's particularly dangerous to have the soldiers on mercurial brains basically right, right. though this gives new meaning to uh you know the the old mythos of eating your enemy's brain uh, brains and right, like getting right. their, their courage where like soldiers in the field of like and if, if your theory is correct, that's the most intense parts right. that come to the forefront. Oh, we are now dealing with super soldier zombies. Yeah. That's kind of terrifying. I'm not sure I would want to get into a battle with them. Definitely not. And they're they're still doing the Max Rager thing, too. Right. That makes them, like, really... Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, the military yeah. would definitely have a lot of a lot of interest in developing these zombie soldiers. Starts starts to kind of feel a little bit like you know Captain America and you know what was going on there. So maybe that would be a good way to kind of strike a, a truce between the government and New Seattle. That New Seattle, the zombies basically become like you know S- supplies with soldiers, and we'll let you live. Exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, sweeten it a little bit there that, you know, we'll we'll give you resources if you become like, you know, basically the seals of, (laughs) you know, our army from now on. And we'll just do peacekeeping in the world and take over governments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I mean, what are the chances that zombieism will remain an American phenomenon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait till uh, Russia gets its hands on its own zombies. Oh, God. Then it'll become, you know, it'll become a, a zombies race, right. basically. <laughs> yes. And then we're looking at, once again, uh, uh, the apocalypse, except from a completely different angle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, there is the matter of the cure, too, though. Right. That, you know, that's, it's it's a constant, like, I've got a cure. Oh, wait, I don't have oh, enough of the cure. Oh, yeah. wait, I've figured out another cure. Oh, wait, it's not, yeah. Well, one of my frustrations <laughs> with the show is there have gone through so many different versions of the cure. I've totally lost track of, yeah. like, yeah. what's what. But, I mean, I found it fascinating that was it at the end of season one. Liv used the cure as a weapon. Yeah. On Blaine. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's that's interesting. Weaponizing a cure. Huh. And of course, Isabel's uh, brain seems to be the, the philosopher's stone, if you will. It, they seem to imply that they can't duplicate it, but surely... <laughs> Surely th- this chemical combination has existed once. It can exist again. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just a question of how many resources are we going to devote to uncovering it? Because uh, is Isabel the only person who is immune? Unlikely. And she's almost certainly not the only person who has the disease that she had right. because it had a name. <laughs> you don't name diseases until, you right. know, more I, than one people have them. I think it was a fictional disease, not that, like... Right, right. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. A, an expert on diseases by any means, but... But, yeah, like, like was it the disease that that was the, the cure? Or was it just 
she is a mutant right, uh, in a completely right. different regard and, and just happened to have the disease. Yeah, there there's a lot we don't know. I mean, yeah. what's uh, interesting, I think we just haven't seen it. But sometimes it seems like Robbie's the only one working on the cure. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like, I you know, it had to be only him at the beginning because nobody sure. else could know about it. But definitely. Well, well, except maybe like the people at Max Rager. Right, maybe. right. Maybe. Yeah. Um, they weren't really looking for a cure, though. They were totally looking how to, right. you know, to, to use what was going on. But, but yeah. But now, yeah. Like, if you have the full resources of the American government yep. focused on trying to create a cure versus one admittedly genius uh, <laughs> medical examiner right. in like, his free time. Right, in the supply room of the morgue <laughs> with like, you know, three rats. Yeah. Now, now, yeah, I mean, Ravi's been working on it longer than anyone else and has lucked out in having uh, some resources which are unique. But but even so, I think if, if he combined his knowledge with, you know, the Dis- Center for Disease Control, right. I think they, they could probably whip something up sooner or later. <laughs> I could totally see them, like, even moving on from the uh, the morgue yeah because Liv doesn't need to be there to have brains right she is now not the only zombie in the police force and so not right they're not relying yeah. on it, her to it, have visions it was uh, this throwaway line but it's like you know zombie visions aren't allowed in court yes and I was yes. like whoa yeah whoa <laughs> yes <laughs> there's there's a lot of implication <laughs> in that one little sentence there totally is yeah that that this is being done yeah. places other than live yeah. um, that they've tried bringing it up in court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But she doesn't need to stay in the medical examiner's office. She doesn't mm-hmm. need to stay in the morgue. And Ravi would probably get a nice, cushy research scientist job just working on the zombie cure. Which, which frankly, I think would make him happier anyway. Probably. I mean, like, yeah. I get the impression that that Ravi is just being a medical examiner to pay his bills. He doesn't really yeah, have that yeah. passion. Something yeah. is fine. But like, I mean, he was fired from the CDC basically yeah. because he was interested in zombieism. Yeah. So yeah, so let's do it. Let's move away, Rob Thomas. If you're listening to this, <laughs> I think like when I when I post this uh, on Twitter, <laughs> I'm going to at him. You know, at Rob Thomas. Right. Yo, know, hey. <laughs> yeah, Rob. Yeah, Thomas, Rob Thomas. If you're listening to this, move away. Be brave. Be bold. Yeah. <laughs> like get away from the murder mystery of the week and just or 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 spinoff show maybe. Right. Of, right. Of just Ravi and uh, uh, trying to find the the cure. Like, yeah, that would be like a really interesting direction. Like, yeah. Let's let's go into the the politics. I mean, all right, we might lose Clive as a character, and I, I, I like Clive. But, yeah, yeah, but Clive is good. Well, I mean, they could still do things that are that involve the police department. Sure, you sure. know. Yeah, um, yeah. Clive yeah. as a guest star. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but you know. yeah, let's let's just dive into like the science and yep. political ramifications. <laughs> yeah, uh, of, yep. of this, and and, and uh, to give credit where credits due, I really like the science. Of, I mean, for pure faux science in iZombie, because like you really see Ravi struggling and like, all right, 
Do we have a control rat? Great. Yeah. All right. And like going through all the steps that science requires. Right. Uh, with his meti- meticulous taking of notes. And he's doing science. Yeah. As, uh, like yeah. he is doing what feels like science. And it's not like, hey, miracle cure is like, no, he's reaching a lot of dead ends. Yeah. A lot of dead ends, which is what happens in real science. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, so often when we're students, we get the happy ending as if like. Yay, like, we got the answer right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're, you're, you're like. Oh, it's a straight path from A to B to C, and like we now know how gravity works. Right, um, right. <laughs> but no, it turns out that there are all these dead ends. Right. <laughs> that we had to go down first before we found the right path. It's true. It's so true. And and that's what we see with with with, with poor Ravi. With you know, he, he's almost there. All right, it's kind of a vaccine that works. Most of the time. Yeah, that once every month he turns into a zombie. Yeah. You know, that's he 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 is he is a were zombie, basically. That's uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> uh, an uh, interesting way to look at it. I haven't uh yeah. Where zombie Where zombie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I would right, still prefer yeah. the were terrier, but right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, maybe it maybe it's going to lunar cycles for all yeah, the yeah. yeah. But but yeah, like yeah, it's just see that little wisp of uh, of white hair and yeah, yeah. And apparently, there's a smell that goes yeah, yeah, with with being a zombie. That's that's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't entirely sure if that was if that was was actually what was going on, or if that was bigot brain basically right, right, that right. that live was on or, or, or even yeah. is it do zo- uh, zombies have heightened senses? And are able to smell things that humans cannot. I don't know because they're not able to taste. You know, they have. That's to, true. Yeah, That's and true. smell and taste are so. They are. You know, very similar. Linked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So I don't know. Right offhand. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's so much we don't understand. I mean, Robbie's clearly <laughs> the foremost expert on on zombieism, but but even, like I think he'd be the first to admit. Yeah. That he doesn't know what he doesn't know uh, far exceeds what he does know. He has a very small sample size. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel a little bad. We haven't like discussed favorite characters or anything. Oh, I know. But, right. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I like. I'm just so fascinated by the world to begin yeah. with. Well, we could do it really quick. Who's your favorite character? Oh, Ravi, obviously. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm a big old nerd, and Ravi's a big old nerd. I mean, he plays D and D for fun. He does. It's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, also, Rob Thomas, thank you. Yes. For yes. portraying D and D in not not even a positive light, just like a natural light. Like, yeah. When they play D and D on the show, it feels like game of D&D. It does. And I really love the fact that they had a case where D&D came up because right. the, the, the dungeon master was yeah. the one who was murdered. And mm-hmm. so, she, you know, Liv ate the brain. She plays D&D with this group of people. And then later on, we see Clive actually running a game himself. Yes. That at first he was really, you know, like, oh, this is this is nerd stuff. Come on. And then later on, it just it becomes part of his life. Yeah. And that is exactly the way that D&D works. <laughs> That's the way D&D players, you know, are are propagated. Yeah. You know, you get you get scratched by, you know. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, the, the, the 
the D and D zombie, as as it were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The D and D contagion. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like, I'm, well, I'm only, uh, I have a Gygax number of two. So, nice. So I've I've played D and D with someone who has played D and D with Gary Gygax himself. So <laughs> so 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 yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm close from from the the original D&D patient zero as it were right but yeah uh it's so easy for a tv show to go for the the cheap joke yeah the easy laugh like big bang theory does. yeah uh but to treat the subject material rather respectfully yeah i, I want to give credit where credit's due definitely yeah thank you rob thomas that yeah. was Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming. Uh, thank um, you. This was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this was a uh, stirring, thought-provoking conversation, I thought. We went really deep into, <laughs> you know, the implications, which is awesome. Yeah. Because that's that's when you know you have a really good book or story or show is right. when you can really do a deep dive mm-hmm. and it holds together for that. Thank you for listening to The Hopeless Fancast. You can follow us on Twitter at Hopeless Fancast, on our Facebook page, The Hopeless Fancast, and find all of our episodes on hopelessfancast.com. If you enjoy our show, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash thehopelessfancast to find out more. Thank you, and we'll see you soon.